0: ولكنها <تصفيق>
1: bedauert. <تصفيق> <تصفيق> Blue
2: Cold presents the shadow, the mystery man who strikes terror in the very hearts of shopsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear the shadow's blood-curdling laugh, you can be sure that exciting entertainment will follow. And here's something else that you can be sure of. When you buy Blue Cold, you're getting the finest of Pennsylvania hard coal. The harmless blue coloring that identifies blue coal is your guarantee of clean, even, safe, dependable heat all winter long. So don't take chances. Insist on blue coal. Ask for it by name. Phone your order to your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. And be sure to hold on for John Barclay's important message at the end of this program. The plot murder announced for today has been postponed. Today, the circle of death. Oh,
0: Jack, what a delightful show. What a wonderful way to start our honeymoon. Darling,
3: when it comes to shows and girls, I'm a swell picker. Now watch me pick a nightclub. Oh,
0: taxi. Hey, taxi. Darling, I think you're wonderful. I've never had such a marvelous time in my life.
3: Hop in, honey.
4: Well, things are pretty quiet around the theater district tonight, Bill. Yeah, pretty thin crowd. I don't blame folks for staying away. After those three bombings and 15 people being blown to pieces, I wouldn't be here myself if it wasn't the commissioner's orders. Same here.
3: Boy, has this town got the jitters.
4: Commissioner Weston's hopping around like a cat on a hot stove.
3: I hear the Midtown Association is going to ask for his resignation if he don't catch the nut that's scattering
4: bombs around here like confetti on New Year's Eve. The guy that's pulling these jobs sure must have it in for a lot of people. He's a real screwball, if you ask me. Look at the way
5: he's always sending warnings to the newspapers before he blows another batch of pedestrians to Hades. Yeah,
4: and have you noticed? He always ends his notes by saying, I hate crowds. Yeah. Well, this is the time that crazy goof warned he'd set off another blast. Maybe his, his watch is slow. Things are going to pop if he pulls another job and kills any more people. Well, maybe... Maybe all the cops have him scared off. Maybe. Maybe
1: not.
6: Bill, look at that car! Blown to smithereens!
7: Senseless and insane, Margot.
3: Crimes like this always are. Turn on the radio. It's time for a news bulletin. The a switch and the dashboard. All
1: right,
3: Lamont. back upon the inefficiency of the police department. Tonight at Midtown Hall, a meeting of businessmen of the entertainment world and property owners is in progress. Police Commissioner Weston has been asked to defend his department and produce results or resign. Oh, that's enough, Margot. Washington, D.C. Now, listen carefully. Yes,
0: Lamar.
3: I want you to go to that
7: protest meeting right over there at Midtown Hall. Commissioner Weston is speaking, and the crowd is pretty certain to heckle his explanation of the failure of his department to catch this fiend. I'm sure of it. Now, here's what I want you to do. Keep quiet and watch your chance. Then I want you to cry out that Shadow could solve this crime without half trying.
0: Aren't you flattering yourself?
7: Never mind that, Margot. I have a very definite reason for doing this. The lot depends on your getting the crowd to take up your suggestion.
0: I'll do my best, Lamont. But where are you going?
7: I won't be far away. Hand me that leather case on the floor.
0: Right. Here you are. Am I permitted enough womanly curiosity to ask what's in it?
7: <laughs> Just a little wire-tapping device. Telephone? No. No, Commissioner Weston will be talking over the loudspeaker system in Midtown Hall. Don't be surprised if the shadow interrupts his speech. Now, remember, Margot, cry out at the psychological moment. Hundreds of lives depend on it. Mm-hmm.
4: Gentlemen, well,
6: gentlemen, as I have explained to you, every available resource of the police department has been thrown into catching this fiend. Our bomb squads have combed the city. Every known criminal with psychopathic tendencies has been rounded up and questioned. Not one fragment of a bomb has been found. No buildings have been damaged. No one person has been singled out for death. This is not an ordinary crime. We are not dealing with an ordinary criminal. Oh. Alibis, alibis. We've had enough. Fifteen people dead, fifty injured. You talk, talk. Business is out of standstill. We're being ruined. The whole city's in a panic. Get this killer or resign. Why do not Get out and let the mayor appoint someone to replace and Let the cactus maniac. He brought his strikes again. Yes.
0: The shadow could solve this crime without half-try. There's an idea. The shadow. Yes, the shadow, again. He's cracked
6: cases for you before, Weston. Why don't you call him in? He wouldn't have to do much to do a better job of it than the police have. Get the shadow, Weston. What Get a farish. Commissioner, the you've done nothing in two weeks. You're Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. What makes you think this man who calls himself the Shadow is interested in law and order? He's helped to plenty one of your criminals, he? Yes, he tipped us off occasionally. But it may have been to get rid of rivals. We have no assurance he isn't a criminal himself. What of us, a big touch of I don't run my department that way. You're not running it at all. That's a matter of You're opinion. Not running it. I was asked here to tell you what we've been doing. You seem to think my department works with the Shadow. We don't. We never have. And as for the shadow, and you reporters can spread it all over the front pages, I challenge him to uncover one single scrap of evidence that my men have overlooked. I challenge the shadow to find this maniac.
7: I am the shadow. I accept that challenge, Commissioner Weston. I am working on the case. Gentlemen of the press, it will not be necessary for you to print the commissioner's challenge, but you can print this challenge to the arch-fiend behind this reign of
6: terror. Print this, gentlemen. The shadow will trap the masked killer if he dares walk through the central arcade during the rush hour between five and six
7: Tomorrow night, remember, the Central
6: Arcade between five and six. Tomorrow night, I dare him to come to walk through the Central Arcade. Hey, boy, 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 you here,
8: here. Give me a paper, give me a paper. That's two cents, mister.
3: Uh, here's your two cents. Oh, well, thanks, here's the paper. No,
8: no, no, not that one on top. People, crowds have seen it. Well, so what, People... they're all the same. No, no, no.
3: Give me that one underneath. Okay, the customer's always right.
6: Hey, the nice murderer coming by the shuttle. It's your extra <laughs> paper.
8: <laughs> the Central Arcade tomorrow. So he's daring me, the Shadow Fellow. He knows I hate crowds, crowds, and people pushing and getting in my way, voices talking and shouting. I hate them, I hate them. But I'll show them. I'll show the Shadow Fellow too. I'll fool all of them. I'll accept his challenge. I'll be there at the Central Arcade. And the Shadow Fellow will know I was there. (laughs) The whole world will know. After I've gone.
4: Your orders have been carried out, Commissioner Weston. Good.
3: There'd better not be any slip-ups.
4: 200 patrolmen are stationed in the neighborhood of the Central Arcade. 50 picked men of the plainclothes and bomb squad will be in the crowd. If there is a crowd... There'll
3: be a mob after all the publicity. If I could get my hands on the shadow, I'd wring his neck for this. Uh, what time is it?
4: A little after four, sir.
3: We better get down there pretty soon. Yes, sir.
4: Shall I take that call, sir? No, I've
7: been waiting for this, and if it's who I think it is, hello, hello. <laughs> listen to me, Shadow. No, Commissioner Weston, you listen to me. I'm listening. Quick, colors,
3: trace this call. Yes,
7: sir. Don't bother, Commissioner. You can't trace this call. I tapped a line, just as I tapped the Midtown loudspeaker system last night. Oh, so that's how
6: you pulled that crazy stunt. You're a fool, Shadow. Don't you realize you've endangered the lives of thousands
3: of people? Nothing
6: will
7: happen if you do not interfere. I
3: don't take my orders from you, Shadow. You're not running the police department. I'm
7: not giving orders, but I need your help. Just do one thing for me, and you and not the Shadow... We'll get the credit for the capture of the mass killer. Oh, yes? Well, what do you want? Just keep the crowd moving through the narrow arcade. Just keep them moving. Keep them moving. Everything depends on that. What are you trying to do, Shadow? To find a needle in a haystack, a man in a million. You haven't a chance. The maniac won't come. You overlook the fact that a dare is a powerful psychological magnet that no egotistical, crazed mind can resist. Just keep that crowd moving, Commissioner. Keep them
1: moving.
2: When you start figuring ways and means to save money for Christmas gifts... ...fuel is probably the last thing that comes to mind. Naturally, you don't want to jeopardize the health and comfort of your family... ...but did you know that you can actually have better heat for less money... ...simply by burning blue coal? Here's why. Blue coal is a rich Pennsylvania anthracite. The fuel that furnaces, space heaters and cooking ranges in this part of the country... ...were especially designed to burn. And while other fuel prices are advancing... The cost of anthracite is not. No wonder thousands of homeowners are switching back to anthracite. No wonder anthracite is the fuel that is used for cooking purposes on the nation's cracked passenger trains. They have tested all kinds of fuel and found that anthracite is far more economical because it burns long, steadily, evenly, with minimum drafts and less attention. Now, the cream of all Pennsylvania anthracite is blue coal. It comes from the mines of the famous Glen Alden Coal Company. It's tested and retested for purity and uniform sizing. Blue coal is prepared especially for home use, and it comes in all domestic sizes, egg, stove, chestnut, and pea. So if you want clean, even, dependable heat at lowest cost, always order Blue Coal. Phone your nearest Blue Coal dealer tomorrow. You'll find his name listed in the where to buy it section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal.
1: Move
6: on. Quit
4: the arcade. Keep moving. Keep moving. Well, the time's almost
7: up, Commissioner Weston. Yes. Two minutes to six. Oh, this is the longest hour I've ever spent in my life.
4: Can you beat it the way people have flocked here on the chance of seeing somebody else blown to bits by this maniac? It looks like the shadow is right.
7: The way they've been swarming through this arcade.
4: Yeah, and watching each other like a bunch of wild animals. You see what happened to that poor guy with the Christmas box? They nearly killed him before we got him out. All he had was a doll for his kid. I saw it. Well, the time's up, Commissioner.
7: Yes. Thank heavens.
4: Any orders, sir?
7: Just keep the men on duty till this crowd thins out. They'll be going home now.
3: Commissioner! Commissioner Weston, look. What is it? The maniac. He's been here. Look at this piece of paper. Where'd you get it? In the arcade. He must have dropped it. What's it say, Commissioner? Tell that shadow fellow... I'll kill me a lot more people at eleven o'clock tonight.
0: Lamont, oh, I was afraid something had happened. Something has.
7: I found the maniac. Thank
0: heavens. Have you notified the police?
7: Margot, this man is a fiend. If I notified the police and they bungle things, he might kill hundreds of people. This is a job that the shadow must handle alone. But
0: Lamont, he's dangerous. You might fail. He might kill you. The shadow
7: won't fail, Margot. But if he should, it's far better that one die than hundreds. Oh,
0: Lamont, please. There must be a safer way.
7: Perhaps, Margot, but this is the only sure way to end the career of this mass killer. Oh. Goodbye, my dear.
1: Lamont. Oh, Lamont. <laughs>
9: Here comes the headquarters
4: car. Yeah, it's Commissioner Weston's car. He's plenty worried about this maniac threatening to kill another batch of people at 11 tonight.
9: Well, will sure have to go out of the theater area to kill him. They won't let anybody in the district here without a police permit. Wait a minute.
4: Here comes a guy.
9: Hey, you! You!
8: Who, who me?
9: Yeah, you. Where do you think you're going?
8: Me? I, I'm going to work. That's where I'm going. You got a permit? I got a badge. See? <laughs> Says I'm a night watchman. I gotta go to work.
9: What do you watch? Where do you work?
8: (laughs) I watch things in the ground. Down there.
4: Down where?
8: Down under the street. Down under the planks.
4: Oh, I get it, Bill. He's a night watchman down on the new subway they're building. Yes,
8: yes, that's it. (laughs) I go down them steps. Every night I go down them steps and watch.
9: Well, why did you say so? Get on with you. Get to your watching.
8: Thank you. <laughs> Joe Tonetti is waiting for me so he can go home. Every night at ten thirty I take from him the job of watching.
4: <laughs> now that's a job I wouldn't want any part of. Me neither. I'll find my be
1: honest. Oh
8: uh, Joey? Joey Tonetti.
4: Joey, you can go home now. I'm here to watch. Hey, what's the matter? You're half a big, speakerback Billy. You're five minutes late. I want to go home. Here's the keys to everything now. You watch out. You don't you go to sleep. <laughs> the police don't want to let me come to work.
10: But I
8: show them the badge. <laughs> you can go home now, Joey. I'll, I'll watch everything.
6: Okay. See you in the morning. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>
8: Those people, so many people always pushing, pushing me. But I'll show them. I'll fix them good. I'll kill them. That shadow fellow, I'll show him too. Now, 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 I'm alone.
7: All alone. Not quite, Anton Spivak. You are not quite alone. I am with you. Do you hear my voice, Anton
8: Sure, sure. I, I always hear voices in the dark, on the street, and, and here under the street where I watch every night.
7: Yes, Anton. But you've never heard my voice before, have you?
8: Well, maybe. I I, I don't think so. What's different about your voice?
7: It's the voice of the shadow.
8: Oh, <laughs> you're a pretty smart voice. <laughs> How'd you find me? Where's that shadow fellow the newspapers talk about? I
7: am more than just a voice, Anton Spivak. I am the shadow. You...
11: you're the
8: shadow? Yes. Where are you hiding?
7: I am hiding under the cloak of invisibility. You cannot see me because I have clouded your mind. So you cannot see... That which is here.
8: How did you get down here in this subway excavation? I
7: followed you down the steps.
8: Mm. How'd you know where to find me? I
7: picked you out of the crowd in the central arcade. (laughs) How did
8: you know I was the one? Your
7: eyes showed me. I knew then how much you hate crowds. My,
8: My eyes show you?
7: Yes. You passed close to me as I stood in the shadows Hmm? The arcade is narrow You didn't see me
1: Hmm. No one
7: saw me But I saw you
8: How'd you find out my name? I
7: followed you to the place where you live I found out you work here in the tunnels.
8: Uh, then, 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 then you you followed me here from my home tonight. So?
7: Yes, Anton Spivak, all the way.
8: Hmm, good, good. <laughs> You're a very clever shadow, but but, but you must go now. And let me do my work, my work. I, I, I ain't got much time. Now, now go quick before I get mad. You're plenty smart. <laughs> I, I'm glad to know you, Mister Shadow. But but no no now no, you have to go.
7: Yes, I'm smart. But you're smarter.
8: (laughs) You bet.
7: Let me stay. I want to learn. You can teach me things. Then maybe we can work together.
8: You hate people too?
7: Yes. I hate crowds. Let me watch you and learn.
8: All right. I'll let you watch. (laughs)
7: What are you going to do? Yeah, now,
8: you, you just watch.
7: What's in this shed?
8: You see? Dynamite. Sticks and sticks of dynamite. Is
7: this what you use to kill people with? Mm hmm.
8: Yeah. <laughs> My precious dynamite. They kill the crowds I hate, see? <laughs> now, look here. Here's a stick of dynamite already fused. There's one, two, three, four, five, and six. Six sticks of dynamite to go with it. <laughs> now, you watch. See, Shadow, I, I tie them in a bundle. But
7: how do you take that dynamite to the place where you killed all those people? It's a block away. How do you carry it?
8: <laughs> that, that's where I'm smarter than you, Mr. Shadow. Show me. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> look, look, see, it, it's almost 11 o'clock. Now here, here. You, you see this little hook? I hope the dynamite to it.
7: Then what, Anton?
8: Wait. Wait. You, you, you hear that car overhead on the boards? Yes. Well, if, if the light is red, it will stop right over our heads. Now, now listen. There. there! You see? The light is red. Now, now I take this crowbar. i go up this ladder. Come on. Come on. You come with me.
7: Yes. I am still here. Although you cannot see me.
8: Now, now, you watch. I, I, I pry the end of this plank back. See? And I, I, I hook the dynamite on the brake rods. I strike a match. And, and I light the fuse. And, and, when, and when, when, when the light changes, the car takes the dynamite with it. And when the dynamite explodes a block away, I'm still here. While the... Oh, no, 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 no. You, you put out the fuse. You've tricked me.
7: And here is the dynamite. No. Oh,
8: we took it off the car. It's gone without the dynamite. And I promised I'd kill a lot of people tonight. Now I have to wait. Tomorrow the crowds will be still pushing me. Scaring me. You tricked me. That's what you did, you
1: you tricked me.
8: Where are you, shadow? Shadow. Come here, shadow. Nice, shadow. Nice, Shadow.
7: I'm here. Anton Spivak.
8: Yes, yes, I... I hear you. (laughs) Nice, Shadow. Come. Come close to me.
7: Put down that dynamite, Anton.
8: No, no, Shadow. I light another match.
7: If you touch that match to the fuse, you'll die too.
8: But I'll kill you. And I don't care. You wouldn't let me kill people... And I don't want to live. I want to die. I want you to die too, Shadow.
7: Wait, Anton.
8: Oh, no, 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 you blow out my magic.
7: Yes, I have a plan. Us. Uh-huh.
8: How, how? How? Tell me how. Take your
7: dynamite and come with me. Up the steps. Up to the street.
8: Oh No, 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 no. No, no, no there, there, there's policemen out there. I saw them. But
7: they won't see you any more than you can see me.
8: No, 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 no. They will see me. Hypnotize them. Huh?
7: Hypnotize them. Look straight at them. Stare at them. And then they won't be able to see you.
8: No, 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 I'm afraid. Think of
7: all those people waiting to be killed. Come. Just a few more steps. I am with you. You'll be safe.
8: I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> All those people waiting to be killed. <laughs> I'll try. But but don't you leave me, Shadow, or I'll light the fuse.
7: I'm here, Anton Spivak. Look. There are the two policemen.
8: Uh-huh.
7: Just stare at them hard as you pass, mm. and they won't see you.
8: All right, I'll I'll
4: try. I'll try. <laughs>
7: Well, it's past seven, Thomas. <laughs> Looks like
4: a false alarm this time. Hey, wait a minute. Here's that night watchman. Hey, what's the
9: matter with him? What's he staring at?
4: Look. Look what he's
9: carrying. You
4: can't see me.
8: You can't see me. Dynamite,
9: grab him. Oh, no, no.
8: Take it away from
11: him. Let me go. Hold it. No, it's said
8: no. I got no. him. It's a mask. Killed. No, no, no. Oh, he He lied. He fooled me. He said you couldn't see me. Oh, no, no. Give me my dynamite. I want to kill all those people. Hold him. No. Uh, here's Commissioner Weston.
6: We go. got him. We,
8: no. got, him. we no. got the
9: maniac, no, Chief. Good work. Here, let me look at him. Oh, no, no, no. He he, he
6: tricked me. He, he said you couldn't see me. Where'd he come from? About our subway excavation, Commissioner. He's a night watchman. No, no, he he tricked me. This is the shadow trick. Oh.
7: It was the shadow. Yes, Commissioner Weston. The Shadow. I found the killer, but the glory is all
2: yours.
1: <laughs>
2: Before we tell you of the Shadow's next exciting adventure, here's John Barclay, Blue Coal's famous heating expert, with an important message I promised you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barclay.
11: Friends, there are just two more days left in November. That means that homeowners have only two more days in which to phone their blue coal dealers and get the full details on how they may have a blue coal heat regulator installed in their homes for a free trial period of two weeks. To me, this is the most unusual offer ever made. The free use of a blue coal heat regulator for two whole weeks without any obligation on your part to buy. Believe me, friends, until you've used one of these marvelous thermostats, you don't know what real comfort is. Imagine having your home warm and cozy from morning till night without once having to make a trip down to the furnace. And that's not all. You'll find you burn far less coal with this regulator, too. But don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Phone your blue coal dealer tomorrow.
2: I thank you. Friends, for your own sake, do as Mr. Barclay suggests. Phone your blue coal dealer tomorrow and get full details of this amazing free trial offer. Prove to yourself what thousands of satisfied owners already know that with a blue coal heat regulator, you get more uniform heat, more economical heat than the most expensive oil burner can give you. But don't wait. Phone your blue coal dealer tomorrow. The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters in this story are entirely fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental.
12: The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows.
6: Same time, same station. The Shadow's latest adventure. Extra! Extra! Extra!
2: Next week, same time, same station. Blue Cold will again present another thrilling adventure of The Shadow. Be sure to listen.
12: are Arthur the white <laughs> the shadow knows blue cold
1: presents
5: The Shadow, the mystery man who strikes terror in the very hearts of shopsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. Today, the Death Triangle. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, The Shadow will be with you in just a moment. In the meantime, I'd like to remind you of a well-known fact. Coal-colored blue means better heat at less cost. For when you buy blue coal, you're getting the cream of all Pennsylvania anthracite. The harmless blue coloring with which blue coal is trademarked is your guarantee of clean, even, safe, dependable heat all winter long. Such heat ensures the health of your entire household. So when you order coal, specify blue coal. Ask for it by name. Phone your order to your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow.
6: by order of the authority of Devil's Island, you, Pierre Martin, are hereby sentenced to 100 days in confinement solitaire and a hundred lashes in the presence of the assembled prisoners as a warning to all who would attempt to escape. Let the punishment begin. I will find the devil who betrayed me. One. I will learn his name. Two. I will kill... Three, three. Oh, my, my Four. Four. Five. Five. Six. 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 Seven. Seven.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program of organ music to bring you a special newsflash from our affiliated press service. New York, December 12th, 1937. The shadow has been found. Dr. James Evans, world-famous child surgeon, told reporters this afternoon that a wounded man who claimed to be the shadow forced his way into Dr. Evans' private clinic and at the point of a gun forced him to remove a bullet. The wounded man then revealed that he was none other than that mysterious character who has waged a one-man war against crime, the Shadow. Before Dr. Evans could report the case to the police, however, the Shadow mysteriously disappeared. The famous surgeon believes the Shadow has little chance of surviving his wound. Our organ recital now continues.
13: Hello? Hello? Dr. Evans speaking.
1: <laughs>
7: Dr. Evans, the man you claim to have operated upon was a fake. The real shadow has not been wounded.
13: The shadow? You are the shadow?
7: Yes, Dr. Evans. You don't seem surprised. I'm not.
13: I've been hoping you'd get in touch with me. That statement I issued was
3: false.
7: Oh, false? Come now, Dr. standing in the medical world does not issue false statements without very grave reasons.
13: There was a very grave reason. I need your help. An old acquaintance of mine, Raymond Dubril, the financier, has received a death threat. Have him notify the police. No, he refuses to do that. Then
7: let him take the consequences. Unless... Dr. Evans, have you also received a death threat?
13: Yes, I have.
7: Before I made this call, I investigated your past, Dr. Evans.
13: My past is a matter of public knowledge.
7: You were once a political prisoner on Devil's Island. You escaped 20 years ago with three other men. Raymond Dubreuil, the banker, and Pierre Martin, the concert pianist. Yes,
13: but our convictions were reversed by a high court a year after we escaped.
7: I know it was proved that you three were innocent. But what about the fourth man who escaped with you? A murderer?
13: Jacques Covey. He was caught and sent back to Devil's Island.
7: After the escape, one of you betrayed him to the police.
13: I don't believe that.
7: Why else should he mark you for death?
13: Then you know Covey escaped from Devil's Island a second time, six months ago? Yes,
7: Dr. Evans.
13: Then you're interested.
7: You'll help? Yes, I will help. But only because your life is in danger, doctor. The world can ill afford to lose the skill and genius... To save the lives of countless children.
13: You overestimate my importance, Shadow. But will you help? Yes.
7: When and where does Covey's warning say he will strike first?
13: At Dubriel's Long Island estate tonight.
7: How do you know this warning came from Covey?
13: Dubriel received a miniature music box in the shape of a coffin in the mail this morning. A musical coffin? Yes. And when the lid of the coffin is raised, the music box plays a tune. A tune Dubril, Martin, Covey, and myself whistled as a danger signal when we were planning our escape from Devil's Island.
1: Where is Dubril, Dr. Evans?
13: At his Long Island estate. Martin is staying with him, and I am driving out there to spend the night. I had hoped you'd come and help.
1: I
7: will help you, Dr. Evans. Tell Dubril and Martin
1: that the shadow will be there tonight.
6: Miss Lane. Is
0: Mr. Cranston at home? No, Miss Lane, he's not. Do you know where I can reach him?
4: Well, he may be at his club. No,
0: I've tried there. His office? Yes, everywhere. Nobody's seen him all day. Oh,
4: is there anything I can do?
0: Be sure and stay here in case he comes home. I'll call you on the phone later. Yes,
4: miss. I've
0: got to find him. I've got to. I've just got to. I've got to find the monster. Maybe Dr. Evans knows more than he told the newspapers. His office said he might be at home. Number 33. Yes, this is it. Oh, Lamont, I knew they'd shoot you someday. Yes, miss? Is Dr. Evans here? I must see him. I beg your pardon, miss, but are you another reporter? Yes, and I must see Dr. Evans. It's important. It's a matter of life or death. I'm sorry, miss, but Dr. Evans has nothing to say to the press. He's not at home. But I must see him. I must find him. I'm sorry. That car. That's Dr. Evans' car. Yes, miss. Where's he going? I'm
6: not at liberty to say, miss. Never mind. I'll find
0: out myself. Taxi. Taxi.
6: Okay, miss.
3: Where to? to?
0: Follow that big black limousine, the one with the green cross on the license plate. Well,
3: it's a doctor's car, miss. I may have to break a lot of traffic laws if it goes through red lights.
0: Never mind. I'll pay the fines. Don't lose sight of that car
3: for a minute. Okay, lady. But this is going to be one fast ride.
0: father yes? Brother, slow down. That car's turning in at that estate. You want me to
3: do it? Go through the gates after No,
0: it? no. Stop here.
3: Okay.
0: Here's five dollars.
1: Hey, thanks,
0: ma'am. I wonder if this is just a wild goose chase. Lamont couldn't be way out here, not if he's wounded, dying. That car, it sounded like... Oh, but it couldn't be.
1: It is.
0: It's... It's Lamont. Lamont. Margot? What, what in
7: heaven's name are you doing
11: here?
0: Oh, Lamont, then it wasn't true. You weren't shot. Dr. Evans didn't operate on you.
7: Oh, no, oh, so You heard that news flash, too.
0: The papers are full of it. I tried to find you at the office at home, at your club, everywhere.
7: I'm sorry, Margot. I should have known you'd worry, but I've had a very busy afternoon. Uh, how did you get here?
0: I followed Dr. Evans' car. He just drove through those gates. What's happening, Lamont? Are you trying to find out why he said he operated on the shadow? Is, is someone impersonating you?
7: No, uh, Dr. Evans did that, knowing I'd get in touch with him. He needs my help in a very special manner. But
0: why? Is someone after him, threatening him?
7: Yes, also the owner of this estate, the banker Dubril and Martin, the concert pianist.
0: And you're going to help them?
7: I'm interested in helping Evans. He's a great doctor and a great humanitarian. His life is in danger.
0: Lamont, now that I'm here, is there anything I can do?
7: Yes, Margot, wait in my car. Keep your eye on the house. If you see a light go on and off twice in one of the windows, drive to the nearest payphone and notify the state police to come to the Debrille estate.
0: I'll watch for the signal. Fine. I suppose there's no use my asking you to be careful.
7: No, Margot, but uh, I'll try. I'll try to avoid really putting Dr. Evans to the trouble of removing a bullet from the shadow.
13: Brille, stop pounding on the table and cursing Covey.
8: Oh, that's all very well for you to say, Evans. Your turn hasn't come, but it will. If we three sitting here, you or me or Martin, don't get Covey when he comes here tonight, you will be the next on his list. You or Martin.
14: Oh, don't concern yourself about my fate, you Briel I am not afraid of Covey. Oh, you'll change your mind if he manages to kill me, Martin. <laughs> I wonder what it's like to die. What do you think, you Briel Or do you ever think of anything but your fat stomach and your money? I, you... Gentlemen, this is no time to argue. I have something more important to tell you. What is it, Evans? I hear you had quite an experience today. Operated on this man who calls himself the Shadow. Yes. That's what I want to talk to you about. Ah, there's a man, Dubril. The Shadow. He might save you from Covey. Ah,
8: what could he do? I've had the best private detectives in the country trying to find some trace of Covey ever since he escaped from Devil's
14: Island again six months ago. By the way, Dubril, I've always wondered who tipped off the police when Covey was hiding after he helped us escape 20 years ago. Covey was a murderer. We were innocent men. And also, who betrayed me, Dubril, the time I tried to escape alone the first time?
13: Martin, Dubril, now listen to me. A moment ago,
14: we were talking about the shadow.
13: Well, he isn't dying. I didn't operate on him. I announced that, hoping the real Shadow would get in touch with me. And did he? Yes. And he's coming here tonight to help us. I've always been curious to see this shadow. You won't see him. No man has ever seen him, but he'll be here.
8: Oh, Evans, for a man of intelligence, you're talking like a fool. The age of ghosts and mystic presences is. You're passed. wrong,
13: Gabriel. You're wrong. Because I am a doctor, I can readily accept the fact that the Shadow is a master of the powers of mental suggestion, of mass hypnosis. Recent experiments have proven conclusively that. that is...
7: Rubbish! <laughs> Allow me to convince him, Dr. Evans.
8: What was that? Who spoke then?
7: The shadow, Dubril. You do not accept the theory of my power of invisibility, but perhaps you will accept the fact, for I am here.
14: Sit down, Dubril. You look rather pale.
7: If I am to help you, you will all sit down. Sit at that table there. I understand there is little time to lose. I must know the whole story, the truth, if I'm to help you.
13: Do as the shadow says. Sit there, Martin. And you, there, Dubril. Well,
14: why don't you talk back,
7: Dubril? Be quiet, Martin. Hmm? Dr. Evans, I will help you if I can. But there is one gap in the chain of events leading up to this moment.
13: I'll tell you anything I know, Shadow.
7: Then tell me this. When and under what circumstance did Covey first threaten your lives?
13: It was the last day we spent in the open boat in which we escaped from Devil's Island, 20 years ago. Storms had blown us off our course. Our food was gone. Our water was exhausted. Covey, the only one who knew how to navigate, was... Well, he was slowly dying from hunger and thirst. He'll remember his...
8: Water. Water. Oh, be quiet, Corvée. There
6: is no water. The cask is empty. You're lying to All of you. You've been drinking my share. Give me that bucket. Give me a drink of that. Of Don't
13: let it. Salt water will kill it.
6: Oh, what does it matter, Dr. Evans? Seventeen days in this open boat, nights of storm and days of blazing heat. Water. Water. I'm dying, I tell you. Dying. You're not giving me my share. You're stealing my water. Where will you be if I die? I'm the only one that knows navigation.
13: Be patient, Kobe. It may rain tonight. Oh,
8: we might as well be back on Devil's Island. At least there was bread and water there.
6: Bread. Bread. A crust. Just a crust of bread and water. Water.
13: There's no bread, Kobe. The last crust went three days ago.
6: You're cheating me. Killing me. You only brought me along to steer the boat. And now you're starving me to death. You don't want me to live. But I will live. I'll get you for this. I'll live to kill every one of you for this. You, to bridge.
1: You,
8: Martin. You, Evans. Oh, shut him up, Evans. You're <sighs> a
6: doctor. You know what to do. Look. Martin, look. Seagulls. Look oh, what does it matter? We have no guns. I know, but don't you see? The girls never go far from land or a ship.
8: Oh, you're you right, Evans. Look. Look to the west. It's land. Land at last.
6: All right. Yes. There, to the southwest. You can see the sun of the mountains. We're safe, free at last. Come back, come on. Sit up, sit up. Look, look. We've sighted land. There'll be food and wars are plenty for everybody. You tried to kill me, starve me to death. But I'm going to live. I'm going to live until the last one of you is dead. Dead. Dead.
13: Yes, we threatened all three of us. And so you see, that's how it all began. And now Covey is free and out to get us, Shadow.
7: But what makes you so sure... It is Covey. Well, it couldn't be
14: anyone else. It's Covey, all right. He said you Briel, that thing on the table.
7: That oblong box? Yes, Shadow.
13: Notice its shape. It's a miniature coffin, beautifully carved.
14: Covey was a woodcarver. He was always handy with a knife.
7: But still, it does not follow. But he was the one.
13: Except for one thing, Shadow. When the lid of the coffin is raised, it's a music box. And that tune it's playing was the warning signal we used while planning our escape from Devil's Island. Remember, only
14: the four of us knew it Dubril, Covey, Evans, and myself. Oh,
8: stop it, Evans. Stop that cursed thing. Stop it, I tell you. I can't stand it.
14: <coughs> so you have a conscience, eh, Dubril? That danger refrain recalls the past, doesn't it? Stop talking about it. It looks as though Covey meant business, doesn't he? Don't sit there conniving over me. You forget your turn. Maybe next, maybe tonight even. I am not forgetting anything, Dubrivo.
13: you better steady yourself, Dubreuil. I'll get you a drink.
14: Oh, never
8: mind. Here's the decanter. I'll pour it myself. Oh, that tune. Where is it coming from? I smashed the coffin. Good
6: heavens, Dubreuil. It's the decanter in your hands.
15: Someone,
8: someone changed the decanter. Covey, he did it. He's here. He's been in his house tonight. You're really to you believe where he goes? To my room. I don't trust anybody. I'll be safe there behind locked doors, alone. And if Covey comes, I'll be ready for wait, him. Wait,
6: wait.
7: Let him go, Dr. Evans.
6: But he shouldn't be left alone. Covey may carry out his match.
7: Are you sure it is, Covey?
14: What
6: do you mean? It must be. It couldn't be anyone else.
14: The coffin, the decanters are his warning.
7: I know. But you said the four of you knew the signal. Are you sure... It isn't one of you.
14: Of course not. I thought you said the shadow was here to
7: help us. I am. But I am content to let events lead themselves to a logical conclusion.
13: You mean you won't use your power to save us from him?
7: I shall use my power at the moment it is required, Dr. Evans. Right now, for instance. Look on the table. There is a note where the decanter was standing.
13: Goubert has been here. Listen to this matter. You are the first. And you will die tonight, Raymond Gabriel.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, the shadow will return in a moment. There are thousands of families living around snowbound Buffalo today who are as snug as a bug in a rug thanks to blue coal. You have read how the whole city of Buffalo has been literally snowed in. In that entire area, business practically came to a standstill for several days. But those families who laid in their supply of blue coal kept comfortable. The icy, biting winter blowing outdoors made no difference to them. These storms are reported to be coming eastward, so take a tip and get ready. Put in a supply of blue coal tomorrow. It is the most economical fuel that you can use. Furnaces, parlor stoves, and cooking ranges in New England were designed to use anthracite. And blue coal is America's finest anthracite. Blue coal is mined by the Glen Alden Coal Company and is especially prepared for home use. It is available in all domestic sizes, egg, stove, chestnut, and pea. Every carload of blue coal is laboratory tested for purity and sizing before shipment from the mine. Blue coal burns steadily and evenly, sending a full supply of heat to the living quarters of your home, even in the most severe weather. Get set for winter tomorrow by ordering blue coal. You will find the name of your nearest blue coal dealer in the where to buy it section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal. You brill. You
14: brill. Wake up. I have come for
8: you. <laughs> so you've come, Covey. Oh, you poor deluded fool. You think i let you kill me in my sleep? I've been awake, waiting here in the dark for you to come. <laughs>
14: a little light, huh?
8: <laughs> so you've grown a beard since I saw you last, Covey.
14: And your hair is gray. That gun in your hand won't save you, Dubril. If I die, I will take you with me. Listen, Covey. I didn't steal your food in the open boat. I swear no? it. You also betrayed me to the police. You told them where to find me. And I am not the only one you betrayed, am I, Dubril? You betrayed Martin the time he tried to escape alone, didn't you, Dubril? Yes,
8: yes, but what do you care, Corvée? He wouldn't take me with
14: him. But I did not betray you. Have you paid Martin for those hundred lashes and those hundred days of bread and water he got because you betrayed him? Oh, he doesn't know. He will never know it was I. Dubril, you remember how we passed the long days in that open boat Don't raise
8: that knife, Covey.
14: We got so good, we seldom missed. I'll shoot if you move. But Martin was the best. You may shoot me to but my knife won't miss.
8: Oh, wait. Wait a minute, Covey. I will make a deal with you. Listen, Covey. You're out to get Evans and Martin, too. If you throw that knife, I'll shoot you and you will never get
14: them. You would help me kill Evans. I know he's here in
7: the house.
8: Yes, 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 sir. I hate Evans and Martin, too. I will help you get them.
7: (laughs) So... You would betray Dr. Evans to save yourself, Dubril. Shadow,
8: Covey, don't be afraid. He's only a man. By some trick, he can make himself invisible, but he's flesh and blood. Quick, lock the door. We'll deal with him first. He won't get out. get
1: out.
8: Now,
14: now, Shadow. What can you do to stop us? Speak up. I dare you to speak. Listen where his voice comes from, Dubril. Then shoot quickly. No, no, no. The shot would bring Evans and Martin. Throw oh, your yes. knife, Covey. Make him speak. I won't miss... Speak up, Shadow. We will find you anyway. You can't get out. I am
7: here. In the corner. In the far corner. Throw
1: your knife, Kovey. I
14: heard him. (laughs) (laughs) You missed. But he was there.
7: No. Only my voice was there. Ventriloquism.
14: He's there in front of you, Dubril. Shoot. Shoot. Yes. Yes, I will shoot now. Yes, I will shoot. But not the Shadow. He came here to help us catch you, Kovey.
8: And he has... Your knife, it's gone. Now, Kovey, you are helpless. And now
6: I'll deal with you. Oh, you treacherous snake. You fool. You think I carry only one knife? This one is for you. Oh, you devil. But I I take you with me, Kovey. Where is
7: he? Look there, on the floor by the window.
6: Covey?
7: That Covey? Dubril tried to save his life by promising to help that man kill you. Dubril?
6: Dubril offered, offered to help Covey kill me?
7: Look closely, Dr. Evans. Remove the gray wig and the false beard.
6: Wig? Beard? It's Martin!
7: Yes. Martin, disguised as Covey.
14: Breathing. Get away from me, Evans. Don't touch me. I hate you. I hate you both. Why did you do this, Pierre? Why? I, I hated you, Briel, because he betrayed me on Devil's Island. I hated you, Evans, because you have got the things that I always wanted. Success, fame, glory. It was I sent the musical coffin. The warning note. I knew you'd think it was Kobe. I've got you, Briel, but Kobe will get you, Evans. He's after you. He will get you. He will
6: kill you. He will... Mother, mother.
7: Stop breathing. He's dead. Yes, Dr. Evans. He is dead. You are quite safe now. You forget Covey. No, Dr. Evans. I knew, even when I phoned you today, that it was not Covey who sent the musical coffin. What? I knew it was not Covey. It had to be Martin or Dubril.
13: Why didn't you stop them?
7: Martin and Dubril were both criminals plotting to kill you. If I'd stopped them, your life would have been in danger as long as they lived, hating you always for having attained the things that life denied them. But
13: you forget, Shadow. Cobain may find me. Succeed where Martin failed.
7: Never. I learned the whole history of all of you before I saw you. Yes? Everything, Dr. Evans. Your escape from Devil's Island after Dubril's betrayal of Martin that resulted in the Hundred Lashes... And his resolve for vengeance, and from the authorities at Devil's Island, I learned the truth about Covey's last escape.
13: Yes, I see now. I see now why he hated us. But what about Covey?
7: You are safe now, Doctor Evans. Safe from Covey. The chain of logic is complete. Three months ago, a bleached skeleton was found on a deserted beach at Trinidad. It has just been identified. As the body of Covey.
5: Before we tell you of the Shadow's next exciting adventure, here's John Barclay, Blue Coal's famous heating expert. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Barclay. Good evening, friends.
11: While you're doing your Christmas shopping, why not get a gift for your own home? Something will not only make it a cheerier, happier place in which to live, but also make it easier to run. To my mind, the perfect gift for any home is a blue coal heat regulator. This marvelous thermostat provides the last word in comfort. For example, there's no running up and down stairs to open and close dampers. The blue coal thermostat does that tiresome job automatically. Keeps your home at just the temperature you want from morning till night. It can be attached to any kind of heating equipment. Steam, hot air, hot water, even a parlor heater. It'll give you more uniform heat... More economical heat than you can get with the most expensive oil burner. In fact, this blue coal heat regulator will completely modernize your present heating equipment. Yet it costs only $18.95 plus a small installation charge. You'll be amazed at the amount of fuel it saves you. So this Christmas, give your family the gift of a lifetime. A blue coal heat regulator. Your nearest blue coal dealer will be glad to give you complete
5: information regarding it. Phone him tomorrow. Thank you, Ken Roberts. Thank you, Mr. Barclay. And friends, take Mr. Barclay's good advice. Make this Christmas a memorable one by having a blue coal heat regulator installed in your home. You'll save at small cost time and time again in fuel consumption. And you'll make your home a happier, healthier place in which to live. So don't wait. Phone your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters in this story are entirely fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. And at this time, may we remind you to mail your Christmas presents and cards early to secure delivery before December 24th. There will be no post office service on December 25th.
12: Crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows.
5: (laughs) Next week, same time, same station, Blue Cold. America's finest anthracite will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen. Don't forget, next week, same time, same station, another thrilling adventure of the shadow presented by America's finest anthracite, Blue Coal. And be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. (laughs) <laughs> Blue Coal presents The Shadow, the mystery man who strikes terror in the very hearts of shopsters, lawbreakers and criminals. Today, Cold Death. Ladies and gentlemen, An event of unusual interest will be broadcast from this studio at the end of the program. Be sure to listen. And before today's exciting adventure with the shadow begins, I'd like to offer a suggestion for home heating comfort. The next time you need fuel, order Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite. You don't have to get a full supply. The Blue Coal dealer will be glad to send you a trial ton. Use it, compare it with your regular fuel in every way. It's ten to one. You will find blue coal gives you better heat at less cost. So order blue coal by name. Phone your order to your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow.
9: Hello, Mr. Carver. Well, what do you want, Dawson? Why aren't you up at Carverville, tender business? Fine mess you've made of things. Oh, so you've seen the story in the paper about conditions up in the village. Yes, you brainless fool. Don't you know you can't keep things quiet by manhandling a reporter? Now, wait a minute, boss. I can explain that. We had to rough that reporter up. He was taking pictures.
16: I don't want any excuses. I pay you to manage my mail. If there's any more publicity about living conditions up there, you'll find yourself out of a job. Now, get out. Don't bother me with details. Get out.
9: Okay, Mr. Carver. I won't bother you with details. But if anybody else comes up to Carverville snooping around and asking questions, we'll make them wish they never heard of the place.
4: Commissioner Weston, I tell you it's an outrage.
7: Don't you agree, Cranston? It's a pretty sorry state of affairs, Commissioner. Uh, Granted, the conditions existing in this little mill village Daniel Carver owns are an outrage. Why, he ought to be kicked out of this club. What do you think, Cranston? I agree. If the newspaper accounts it true, sickness, half a dozen deaths recently. The authorities ought to be
4: able to do something about a man like Carver.
7: Apparently not. He owns
13: Carverville, Lux, Stock and Barrel. Hmm. Speak of the devil. Here's Carver now.
16: Good evening, gentlemen. I gather you're discussing me and the maliciously distorted story
7: about Carverville that appeared in the papers. As a matter of fact, we were, Mr. Carver. Won't you sit down and give us your side of the story? There's
16: nothing to discuss. There isn't one word of truth in that reporter's story. The people in Carverville are perfectly satisfied.
7: They don't complain. Uh, Perhaps they don't dare.
16: They have no reason
4: to complain, Cranston. I give them work in my mill,
16: provide them with homes.
4: Homes? they make the worst city slums look like Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. Carleville is my affair. Well, maybe so, but this club may have something to say about your membership, Daniel Carver. Uh, this club,
16: a uh, bunch of mawkish busybodies. What do I care? Vote me out. No one ever speaks to me here anyway.
6: Go ahead. Vote me out. Vote me out. Go ahead.
4: Must be some
16: justice,
13: some
7: law. Oh, he's within the law. But now here's a case for an amateur criminologist like yourself, Cranston? Yes, there must be some way of helping those poor devils up in Carverville. Some way of dealing with a man like Carver.
0: Lamont Cranston, would you mind telling me the reason for this long drive in zero weather?
7: You'll soon see the reason, Margot. We're now entering Carverville. Take a good look at it.
0: Oh, how drab. How awful. Look, Lamont, broken windows, stuffed with paper. I'm beginning to understand why you're here. But how did you hear about it?
7: Daniel Carver, the man who owns this charming little mill village, is a fellow club member of mine.
0: What are you going to do, Lamont?
7: I don't know exactly until I've talked to some of these people.
0: As Lamont Cranston or the Shadow? As
7: a nameless social worker for the present, Margot, but I have a strong hunch the Shadow will have to play a big part if anything is to be done to help these people. Hmm. Here we are. Want some
4: gas,
7: mister? Uh, No, thanks. But could you tell me how to get to Mrs. Tucker's house?
4: What do you want? Ma Tucker's got enough trouble already, what with her old man and kid dying since the cold set in.
7: I read about it in the papers. We've come here to help.
4: Listen, mister. Carverville folks ain't got much, but we ain't asking or welcoming no nosing around from
7: strangers. If you'll just point out Mrs. Tucker's house, I'll see what she has to say.
4: Well, right over there by the creek... But don't say I didn't
0: warn you, mister.
7: Thanks. Come along, Margot. I may need your help to get Mrs. Tucker's confidence.
0: Well, I'll do anything I can. You know, Lamont, there's something terrifying about this village. Oh, how so? Oh, that man and the way people are watching us from behind curtains in the windows of every house along the street. They're
7: afraid of something, Margot. Of what? That's just what I hope to discover in this house.
0: Oh, boy, there's something sinister about this place. Oh,
7: wait, Margot. Someone's coming to the door.
0: What do you want, Mr.
7: Are you Mrs. Tucker?
0: I'm
15: Ma Tucker. What do you want? May we come in? You say what you got to say. Please, here. Mrs. Tucker, we've come to help you. No, you... Oh, all right. Come in. It don't matter. Nothing matters now.
7: Thank you. Mrs. Tucker, we realize you've been through a terrible ordeal. Losing your husband and son within a week.
15: Well, I ain't no worse off than anybody else in Carverville. What are you going to do? I got one boy left, Sam. He works in the mill.
7: Mrs. Tucker... How much rent do you people have to pay for these houses?
15: Hey, you better get out of here, mister. You don't want to get me in more trouble for talking to you at all. You better get out.
7: Who would make trouble for you because you talk to us?
15: Never you mind that, mister. And if you know what's good for you, you'll get out of Carverville before Dawson and the others from Carverville get here. Hey, Ma, who are these folks? This is my son, Sam.
3: Hello, Sam. are oh, howdy. You welfare workers from the city? You might call us there. You've come here to investigate conditions.
15: Uh, they've been asking questions about the houses, Sam. But I didn't tell them nothing.
3: Well, why didn't you, Ma? Huh? I'm sick of all this fear, old man Carver and his spies. We kept quiet for years, and, and what's it got us? What did it get Pa and young Jim? We slave in the mill, and they rob us at Carver's store, and we live in these pigsties that Carver calls houses, and, and when we're old and sick, he lets us
15: die off like a lot of mangy dogs. Oh, shut up, Sam. Don't talk like that. Somebody'll hear. Well, let him hear.
3: Time somebody heard the truth. Can't you do something, mister? Can't you help us? Somebody don't help us. God only knows where this will end. Thanks for speaking out, Sam. You'll have to help.
0: The Ma, there's a crowd gathering
3: outside. What? Oh, I knew it. I knew there'd well, be you trouble. you quiet, Ma. Listen, mister, I got a notion you're all right. Come
6: on, Tucker. Sam, open up. We're going to chase them smart-eyed strangers out of town. Like we did that reporter. Listen, Sam. We'll have
7: to leave or there'll be trouble. Will you meet me in the next town in a couple of hours? I've got to know everything that's been going on here if I'm to help you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'll meet you.
7: Look for my car on Main Street. Come on, Margot. Keep close to me.
0: I hope no one saw Sam Tucker meet us down this road as you asked him to.
7: I hope not, Margot.
0: What are you going to do now that he's told you the tragic story of Carverville?
7: Going back to Carverville. Right now, tonight? Yes, first to call an old man Carver. I
0: thought he was in the city. He
7: evidently heard that more strangers were in Carverville this afternoon asking questions. Oh,
0: what a beast Carver must be, Lamont. If he could only be made to see the misery and suffering he's caused.
7: He's going to see it, Margot, tonight.
0: Lamont, there's Carverville. Oh, not that I'm afraid, We're
7: stopping, that's Carver's house right ahead there.
0: Yes, I see a light downstairs, Lamont. What are you going to do?
7: Margot, do you remember Scrooge in Dickens' Christmas Carol?
0: Yes, and Carver is worse than Scrooge ever thought of being.
7: Tonight, Daniel Carver is going to feel more remorse than Ebenezer Scrooge ever did. He
0: deserves it. I'll wait in the car, Lamont.
7: It's bitter cold.
0: of well, those poor people down there in those flimsy houses can stand it, I can. I'll wait here. But how are you going to make Carver visit those poor people?
7: Margot, tonight Daniel Carver is going on a sightseeing tour, personally conducted by The Shadow.
5: In just a moment, we will continue with the second part of The Shadow's thrilling adventure. While you are engaged in last-minute preparations for Christmas, don't neglect the health and comfort of your family. Be sure of a cozy, warm home during the holidays by ordering a supply of blue coal. No matter how cold or how mild the weather, blue coal is the most economical fuel for heating or cooking purposes. Up in the Arctic regions where the temperature today is at least 60 degrees below zero, fur traders and trappers are keeping warm with blue coal. They've used other fuels only to find that blue coal will keep them warm more economically than any other fuel. Blue coal is a Pennsylvania anthracite, the fuel that burns long and steadily. It is the fuel that furnaces, parlor stoves, and cooking ranges in New England were especially designed to burn. And the finest Pennsylvania anthracite is blue coal, mined by the Glen Olden Coal Company employing American labor, and it is transported by American railroads. Every carload is laboratory tested for purity and uniform size before shipment. Blue Coal comes in all domestic sizes. Egg, stove, chestnut, and pea size. For economy's sake, and for greatest comfort in cold weather, insist on Blue Coal. Phone your nearest Blue Coal dealer. You'll find his name listed in the Where to Buy It section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal.
16: told
9: you, there there's any more trouble up here in Carverville, I'd fire you, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Well, there ain't been no trouble, Mr. Carver. Not yet. If that guy that was here this afternoon comes back tonight, we'll make him wish he'd never heard of Carver. Well, what makes you think he will come back? I know he's coming back. Tonight. You got Sam Tucker to meet him down in the next town. How do you know that? <laughs> I took a rubber hose to the kid when he came back about an hour ago. He wouldn't talk. We got enough out of him to know that that social worker is up to something. Well, I don't want any shooting and killing now. You just leave that fellow to me, Mr. Carver. You said you didn't want to be bothered with the details. Uh, what are you going to do, Dawson? Uh, nothing much. But don't you worry. There ain't no law against the fellow being shot accidental while he's snooping around in the dark. You mm. just leave the details to me. So long, boy. I uh, uh, was a fool to
16: come up here from the city tonight. No coal, country house. No electricity. Nothing but candles. The uh, wind even
7: blows the door open. <laughs> that? Who blew out the candle? The wind. The wind blew out the candle. Are you afraid of the dark, Daniel Carver? Who are you? What do you want? I
16: have no money here.
7: I don't want your money. I have come for you. Who are you? I've been called fear, conscience, remorse, But I am best known to your kind as the Shadow. The Shadow?
16: I don't believe in things like that. You're a man. I hear your voice. If you're one of those stupid fools from the village, you've got any idea of killing me, you'd better think
7: first. You'll hang for it. Since you will not believe that I am the Shadow, let us pretend I am one of those unfortunates from your village. Let us pretend. But here, in the darkness, I am standing with a gun pointed at your heart.
16: What do you want of me?
7: I want you to come with me.
16: Come with me. No, 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 you're going to murder me. I won't leave this house. I won't go, with you?
7: Come, or I'll use the gun you are so sure I have in my hand. Even though you can't see the gun or my hand, Or me. All right. All right, I'll come. I'll do anything, only don't shoot. If it's money you want, I'll get it for you. Get in your car.
16: First let me get an overcoat. It's bitter cold. No.
7: It's time you learned what it feels like to be cold.
1: Where are we
7: going? Drive down to that squalid sink of misery that bears your name. To Carverville. Carverville. Don't cry out. Don't try to escape me. For I'm right behind you, in the back seat of the car.
16: What do you want me to do in the village?
7: Stop at that little bridge. Be careful, Carver. I can read your thoughts. You're thinking you'll cry out, attract attention, and get away from me. But you'll never get away unless you do exactly as I tell you for the next few minutes.
16: What are you going to make me do?
7: You will go where I tell you and listen and watch. And What if I meet someone? If you should, don't speak. Mm. There's a little ridge. Stop the car. Now get out of the car, Daniel Carver. Mm. This is the Tucker house. Walk to that lighted window over there. Stand there by that broken pane stuffed with paper.
16: Why, you brought me here. You better look out. Bill Dawson, my foreman, and some men are out looking for some stranger that's been snooping around here.
7: We might be shocked by mistake. That is a chance we must take. Carver, look into that room and
15: listen. All right.
10: All right. All right, Ma, listen, Ma, no, everything's no, going to turn out all right. Those folks who were here today, they're going to do something.
15: Oh, I'm trying to hope so, Sam. But hoping comes mighty hard when Hope's been killed so often.
1: Mm.
15: Pa's dead. Your brother's dead.
1: Listen to that.
15: Oh, Sam, God. you got to go away. you got to go far away. And after what's happened, Dawson will fix you good. It won't be just a beating. He'll fix it. So something will happen to you at the mill. You've got to go away, son.
5: Yeah, but I can't leave you, Ma.
3: Not even long enough to hunt another job.
15: Oh, don't you fret about me, Sam. I ain't got much longer on this earth anyhow, son. You get away. You get away from here while you've got a chance.
10: Oh, Ma. Ma, you're
5: crying. (laughs) You didn't even cry when Pa died.
15: Seemed like I couldn't. Seemed like he was better off dead. Because he was free of old man Carver at last. (laughs) At last. last.
7: Come, Carver. I have something else to show you.
16: What are you trying to do? Where are you taking me now?
7: You will see. Tell me, Carver. Have you ever heard the story of
16: Scrooge? What has the story of Scrooge got to do with me?
7: You are Scrooge. Daniel Carver, a 20th century Scrooge. And this is Christmas. You'd never believe it to look down the streets of this mill town of yours, would you, Carver?
16: Then what do you expect me to do about it?
7: You are not your brother's keeper, are you, Carver? Uh,
16: Let me go. My hands are freezing. Still
7: thinking of yourself? that the Christmas spirit, Carver? Uh,
16: let me go and, and I'll do something. Send some Christmas baskets.
7: That would ease your conscience, wouldn't it? No, Carver. You're not going to get off so easy.
16: Uh, I've seen enough. Where are you taking me now? Just
7: a little way. A few steps to that lighted window over there. To that house with a car standing in front of it.
1: Uh, If
16: they can afford a car... That is
7: a doctor's car. Your villagers don't own cars. They don't own anything. Go to that lighted window there. Look in. See what is happening. Listen.
16: Frost on the glass, I can't see.
7: There's another broken pane. The hole is filled with paper to keep out the cold like the tucker's window. Push the paper aside. All right. I
11: will. Try and be calm, Mrs. Anderson. I know it's hard, but you must for the child's sake. I'll try, Doctor.
1: I I will
17: try.
15: I can't help feeling the way I do. My husband dying of pneumonia only last month. Now, Judy, going the same way. Oh, there's
11: still hope. I'd move her to a hospital if there were one near enough. I wish there were only some way of keeping these rotten Carver houses warm. But you might as well try to heat a barn.
1: Mommy. Listen, Carver. Mommy.
15: Yes, darling. I'm right here, Judy, dear. Mommy's
1: here. Mommy, could, could I have to see you?
15: Of course you can, honey. Here's your doll, Judy.
1: Mommy. Do think Santa Claus will bring me a real doll?
15: I hope so, Judy.
1: I'll, I'll ask him. Come.
15: Come. Come, Mrs. Anderson.
11: She may sleep now. We'll try to keep the room warm. That's all we can do now. That and hope. Hope
7: for the best. That child, Daniel Carver, she's dying. And you, and you alone, are to blame. No,
16: stop. Don't. Don't torture me anymore.
7: If that child dies, Carver, there will be no candles. No gay candles on a gift-laden Christmas tree. But white candles shedding a ghostly light around a packing box coffin.
10: No, no, stop. It
7: will be the monument to your life of selfish greed. No, And a cross you will bear through all eternity. Unless... Unless... Unless what? Unless you make amends.
16: I'll do anything. I'll do anything to make amends. No, I didn't know. I've been blind, selfish. No,
7: baskets of fruit or pennies in the snow will wipe out your sins against these long-suffering people, Carver. no.
16: I know, I'll make everything right. That little girl, she needs medicine, a warm house. Let me go in and get the doctor to move her to my house on the hill. I'll get specialists. I'll do anything to save her life. Wait,
7: Carver. That is only the beginning. What of all the others? What of these death traps you call homes?
16: I'll tear them all down. Burn them, build new ones. Houses that are warm and comfortable and safe. I swear it. But tell me,
10: who are you?
16: Oh, you everything for showing me what I've been doing to these people who depend on me? I told you
7: once before, I am the shadow.
16: But you are a man. Why can't I see you? I have
7: clouded your mind, made it impossible for you to see me. You will never see me, never hear my voice again, Daniel Carver, if you keep your word.
16: I will keep my word. I swear
7: if it. If you don't, the shadow will return. And the next time...
6: Al! Hey, Al! You see that about Oh, hey, Bill! Shadow,
16: hey, it's my foreman, Bill Dawson and Al Trimble.
7: Yes, I know. They mean to kill a man.
16: If they can find him... <laughs> <you. laughs> they are after some fellow was here this afternoon with a young woman. Welfare workers, I think. <laughs> what will we do?
7: Let them come. This is your first test. You are responsible for their acts. What are you going to do, Carver? Look, they
16: they might shoot us by mistake. They've got shotguns.
7: This is your chance, Carver
6: that fella's around here,
7: we'll find him out. Go around right the back of Tucker Shack and take a look. Okay. I'm just itching to draw a bead on that nosy city fella. Now's your chance to deal with Dawson. What are you going to do, Carver? I'll
16: show you. Just watch me. Don't shoot. Dawson. Dawson, don't shoot. It's me, Carver.
9: Carver. Hey, what are you doing here? come with an ace of blowing your head off. Uh, I've come here to see what I've been doing to these people by giving you a free hand. You said you didn't want to be bothered.
16: I know. I know. I'm to blame. I've been blind. But that's all finished now. I'm going to make this village all over, build new homes, make up for all the misery I've caused these people.
9: <laughs> You're getting kind of soft, ain't you, Carver? You won't think so when I tell you that you are through, fired, you and Al Trimble and all your kind. Listen here, you mealy-mouthed old skinflint. You can't fire me. I've done your dirty work too long. You get out of Carverville, you're through, Dawson! Yeah? That's what you think. You or nobody else is firing me. Put down that shotgun, Dawson, you'll hang for this! The devil I will, it'll be an accident. An accident like what's gonna happen to that city. Dawson, Dawson. don't you pull that trigger, you fool! Pay your prayers, you rat! Ah! You, you missed! No. No, something, something knocked a gun up in the air. You didn't, Carver, you couldn't. Something just about knocked the gun out of my hand. <laughs>
7: You are quite right, Bill Dawson. I saved you from committing a cold-blooded murder. What was that? Who said that? The shadow, Dawson. Shadow? A ghost? Call me what you like, but I am here, helping Daniel Carver, helping the people of this village.
6: Bill! Hey, Bill! Dawson! You get
7: him?
9: Oh, come on, we're getting out of here. Something just talked to me. Ah,
4: you must be drunk, Bill.
9: Hey, what's that over there? It's old man Carver. But it wasn't him. It knocked my gun right out of my hand. Come on, I tell you, this place is haunted.
4: Ah, there ain't no such thing. (laughs) Listen
9: to that. Where is it? Come on, tell me. Where's it coming from? Who's that laughing? (laughs) It ain't Carver.
4: Yes. It did sound kind of like a ghost. I don't see nothing.
7: Go. Go quickly, both of you. Get out of Carverville. And don't come back.
6: Come on, now, you fool. Let's get out of here. Hey, Bill, wait. Wait. Don't leave me here alone with that
7: thing.
16: Wait. General. General. Are you still here?
1: Yes,
7: Daniel
16: Carver. Oh, thank you, whoever, whatever you are. Thank you for saving my life.
7: I saved you because you have much work to
16: do. If there was only some way of repaying you for making me see the truth, you should have credit for all this.
7: Just bring happiness to the people of this village, Daniel Carver. That will be your repayment. In full. To the shadow.
16: I'll do it.
7: Look, Carver. The people of the village are getting up enough nerve to come out of their house. I'll
16: call them all together right now. I'll tell them what I'm going to do. I'll make this the happiest Christmas season they've ever had. Yes.
7: I believe you will,
1: Daniel Carver. Hey, what happened in her? Who's that? Yeah, who, who's been shooting?
2: Anybody hurt? Hey, golly, it's Mr. Carver. What are
1: you
4: doing here? What do you want, Mr. Carver? Wait a moment. Wait a moment,
16: all of you. Oh, I know you have good reasons to hate. Tonight I've been shown why. Something, someone came to me. Oh, I don't know what he was. I don't care. All I know is he was like a spirit of God. He has shown me how to create a new Carverville. A happy Carverville. Where the spirit of Christmas will shine all these years through. Men and women, a shadow has brought us light.
7: This, Carver, this is the peace on earth, goodwill
5: toward men. Friends, this afternoon we have an event of unusual importance to bring to you. The Shadow Program is to be honored with one of radio's most coveted awards, which heretofore has been captured by other outstanding programs such as Jack Benny, Fred Allen, and the March of Time, the Pilot Radio Award. Mr. Harry A. Smith, president of Blue Coal will accept this award from Mr. Sylvester Thompson, vice president of the Pilot Radio Corporation, who will make the official presentation.
10: Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Thompson. Thank you, Mr. Roberts. During the past year, the Pilot Radio Awards Society has been making periodic awards to various programs on the air which represent the highest achievements in their particular fields of entertainment. And so it's only natural that your program, The Shadow, should have come to our attention. For we can easily understand the reason why The Shadow has held its high place in popular favor for so many years. It brings all the thrill and flavor of mystery drama to radio audiences. In addition, the committee commends you very highly upon bringing some of the finest actors of the American stage into the homes of so many radio listeners. Recognizing your noteworthy contribution to fine radio entertainment... I take pleasure in presenting to you, Mr. Smith, the Pilot Radio Award of Merit. And I am certain that the shadow will continue to delight radio audiences for many years to come.
11: Thank you very much, Mr. Thompson. On behalf of the Glen Alden Coal Company and the DL&W Coal Company, producers and sellers of blue coal, it gives me great pleasure to accept this award. We greatly appreciate this recognition of our efforts to entertain the radio public. We realize, however, that the credit is due to those who prepared, directed, and presented the shadow. The Blue Coal Dealers of America join me in expressing their appreciation to our very able artists who have presented this entertainment and our thanks to you for this recognition of their efforts. I assure you that they will endeavor to keep their future presentations of the same high quality that we endeavor to maintain in every ton of Blue Coal.
5: The story you have just heard is copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. The characters in this story are entirely fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental.
12: (laughs) The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow
1: knows.
5: (laughs) Next week, same time, same station, Blue Coal, America's famous anthracite, will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen, and be sure to burn blue coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort.
18: to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's story,
5: The Voice of Death.
17: Sam?
19: Hmm. Yes, yeah, Sam? Annie?
17: you almost finished reading your paper?
18: Yes, Annie.
17: Time to go to bed, ain't it?
18: Yes, Annie.
17: Better make sure all the windows are shut. Sounds like a real mean storm coming up.
19: Yes, Annie.
17: Hey. Hmm? Yes, Annie? Did you hear that? What? Y- you hear? Sound just like little kittens. Yeah. Well, I wonder where they come from. With the poor things, outdoors on a night like this. Sam, will you go out and find them?
4: Go what, on, will you? No, Annie, you don't...
17: Just listen to them little critters. Ain't you got no heart, Sam?
19: Oh, all right. Where's my raincoat Oh, uh, well.
17: I'll set up a little box for them by the
19: fire. Mm. All right, all right, now. Stop your crying, kittens. I'm coming. Just wait. I'll eat
17: it. up a bit of milk, too. You see him, Sam?
1: No, not yet. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Sam! Anyway, Sam! Sam! What's wrong? What's
17: in the name of all this. Sam! 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 What happened? Sam! What happened? Sam! Blood! You're all covered with blood. My throat. You draw my Sam! How could kittens do... Sam! Is dead.
18: Well, I must say, Lamar, we picked a fine day to go visiting. <laughs> you want no secret, Margot. I'm your man. This whole thing is just an
17: effect.
18: Huh? Of course, hmm People always look for a mysterious atmosphere in the Louisiana bio, so uh, Mother Nature
19: very obligingly provides it for
17: us. I see. Well, I must say that sunshine wouldn't make a great deal of difference. I don't see how it could ever penetrate those moss-laden trees. Much further to go, Lamont.
18: I don't think so. Arthur told me the house was exactly five miles from that last bridge.
17: Why in the world would anyone want to live way off like
18: this? Well, the house has been in Arthur Whittington's family for many, many years. Arthur being a rather peculiar chap, I, I don't suppose it bothers him in the least. No,
17: oh. forgive me for appearing dull, but I don't get it.
18: Well, Margaret, it's a, it's a long story. It began in college when we took a medical course together. I guess I was the only person in the whole school who really understood him.
17: And why was that? Well, Arthur was a brilliant student,
18: but he was also a highly sensitive lad. Always imagining that people were making fun of him, laughing at him behind his back.
17: Was there any reason for that?
18: Well, yes, there was. It was his voice. He had the harshest-sounding voice I'd ever heard? It
17: cracked, it
18: laughed. He did everything that a voice shouldn't do. Really? In fact, it was his voice that made him leave medical school. I
17: am sorry, you, Lamar. Well, it all
18: happened one day in class. Arthur had prepared a paper, an excellent paper, that he had to read aloud
19: to the student body. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please, please. You may proceed, Mr. Whittington. And Mr. Whittington, where are you going?
6: Wait, why are you leaving the classroom? Well, he threw down his paper and walked right out of the room.
1: Oh,
19: oh that poor
18: boy! I've never heard of him since, but we've corresponded. And then, uh, as you know, when he learned that we were down here in Louisiana fishing, he got in touch with me and invited us out to see him.
17: Well, that goes a long way toward explaining his living out here to far civilization. You know, he still
18: must be sensitive about that horrible voice. Yes, I'm sure he is. But remember, we mustn't do anything to call attention to it. Oh,
17: heavens, no, I wouldn't...
18: Come on, something right ahead on the road. Yes, Margie, yes, I see it. Yeah. This rain on the windshield is hard to... Why, it's some sort
17: of a fence. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of the line. And not a house in sight. Mm.
18: Well, there seems to be a sign on it. We'd better get out and investigate. Button up that raincoat, Margot. Oh,
17: don't worry.
18: Well, it's getting so dark it can hardly make the sun out.
17: Take a flashlight, huh?
18: side Oh, thank you. There we are. Well, Whittington Hall. Keep out.
17: That's a nice welcome. <laughs>
18: oh, I'm sure that doesn't mean that. Well, looks like we'll have to walk down this path to get to the house.
17: In case I can just see it through the trees. Hmm. Oh,
1: come on, did you hear that?
18: Yes. Sounds like little kittens. Oh,
17: they poor things out in weather like this. I'm going to find them. They seem to be under that bush. you'll get, get so climbing, get climbing around in that underbrush. Well, I'll have them in Margo! Come on,
18: come Dog, giant dog! Get down, you! Get down!
17: Marlo, Marlo.
6: Get down! Get Get down, you! Get down.
19: They're running away.
18: Margo, are you all right? Yes, I... I left them. So. We didn't hurt
17: you? No. One of them ripped my coat, that's all. Well, Come on, I don't understand. They sounded like little kittens. Yes, yes, I know. So what do you make of it, Lamont?
18: I don't know. One thing is certain. We're going back to the car and get my revolver.
17: such an eerie-looking house in my life. The broken shutters and the crumbled stairs. Those unpainted walls. Don't tell me that this is the Whittington mansion.
18: I guess it is, Morgul.
17: Yeah, we're back in New Orleans.
18: Well, if you'd rather we can...
17: Oh, come... no, we've come this far. Go ahead and knock at the door. I promise you, if a ghost answers, I won't be surprised.
18: No, frankly, no will I. Are you going
17: to tell Mrs. Whittington about the dog's? Of course. Why not? Well, it may sound a bit strange in the telling. Dogs, it sound like little kittens. Well, he may know who's... What
18: do you want? Oh, uh, good evening. We'd like to see Mr. Whittington, please. What is it about? He's expecting. There are no guests expected here tonight. Well, if you'll say that Miss Lane and Mr. Cranston are here... I tell
19: you that Mr. Whittington is not seeing anyone
18: tonight. Yes,
19: sir. Yes, sir. What is it? People here, Mr. Arthur. Arthur, it's Lamont Cranston. Lamont, come in. Come in. Yes, sir, you old fool. I told you we were expecting Mr. Cranston. Sorry, Mr. Arthur. Come in, sir, Well, Lamont, I'm glad you were able to come. It's good seeing you again. Well, thank you, Arthur. I'd like you to meet a friend of mine, Miss Lane.
18: Uh, this is Arthur Whittington, Margot. How do you do? How do you
19: do, Mister Whittington? Well, come take off those wet coats. Uh, yes, we're more or less swimming in these. Uh, just show Miss Lane and Mister Cranston into the living room. There's a fire there, Lamont. So you can dry off. All oh, the comforts of home. <laughs> yes. Now, if you would excuse me for a moment, I'll go and arrange for dinner. Oh yes, yes, of course. You will come this way, please. Thank you.
17: Lamont, the place is just as scary inside as it was
18: outdoors. Yes, I uh, see what you mean
17: must muscle walls and that worn furniture with candles and old-fashioned lamps. Well, I don't understand how anyone
18: can learn There's something else that's more difficult to understand, Margot. What do you mean? That man that greeted us was Arthur Whittington. But it was not Whittington's voice.
17: <laughs>
19: No, no, Lamont. I saved this wine for special occasions. (laughs) Very special occasions. (laughs) Well, we're flattered. I suppose my mode of living is a bit mystifying to you, Miss Lane.
17: Mystifying?
19: Well, my staying here in the wilderness, in a house that's almost in ruins, living alone with just a servant.
17: Well, I, I think it might have its advantages, too. Well, I'm glad
19: to hear you say that. Some people might not understand. I must say, though, Arthur, for a man who's roughing it, you set a highly civilized table. Well, I'm like a Britisher sure on the topics, so I guess. I still like to name John. Master Arthur. What is it, Jasper? Why are you interrupting my meal? Master, they are loose again. What? I told you to keep that door locked. I know. I know, but they got out. Oh, They must be someplace
17: near. I keep hearing them. Excuse me, please, Miss Lane.
19: Lamont, I'll be right back.
17: Come along, Jasper. Yes. Oh, don't mind that. Oh, Mom, you know they're worse people. That's all it's about. I'm
18: not sure, Margo. But it could be those savage dogs.
17: So now do you think they belong to Mr. Whittington? Perhaps. Now, I'm letting you in know, on a little secret. I wish we could leave here. Well, why, Margo? Well, the way Arthur Whittington acts, the way he talks, the way he looks at you. I don't know. It's, it's just when it takes me shivers at my back. But we can't
18: leave now. Not until the storm is over it, anyway.
17: Well, I certainly wish it would have never... it. The you were there?
18: Yes. That same sound. They're near the house this time.
17: Why should he have such beasts around here? And how did they get the voice of a cat?
18: That's something we'll find out when Arthur returns. I'll just go... What
17: was that? It was a human voice. It sounded like it came from someplace here in the house. Yes. Oh, oh I don't like this place, a When he comes back, I think you should ask for an explanation. I think we should know about those dogs, not knowing, too.
19: Yes, when Arthur returns. I have returned, oh, Lamont. I didn't hear you coming. What was that about? My returning, Lamont. Well, Arthur, uh, both Margot and myself
18: are very curious to learn something about two giant dogs that we encountered on our way in here. Oh, yes? Yeah? What about them? Well,. We wondered just how it was possible that these huge animals had the vocal cords of tiny kittens. <laughs> Look, Martin.
19: I shouldn't have given you that last glass of wine. No, but it's true. I saw and heard them, too. Oh, now, come this Lane. I'd say all the imaginations were working overtime. Who is that, Arthur? What? Right. Well, what are you talking about? Still in here? That voice.
18: Someone in this house. Arthur, we've got the...
19: Yes, I know. Now that you've heard him, I, I'll have to explain his presence.
17: Well, who is it?
19: Why did he cry out like that? Miss Lane, that was a cousin of mine, Frank Harper. He's in one of the rooms off this corridor. He's locked in that room because... Well, because he's not right mentally. Oh. I'm sorry you had to learn about this. Family skeletons are never very pleasant topic. Harper, yes, this my dear cousin. Harper, I've gotten free of you myself at last. Oh, and now, now here, do you hear me? No, oh. no, I won't. Uh, help me, you two. Help me, he can't keep me here like this. Look, will uh, get back to
17: your room. No, no, let me go. Take it no. easy, Harper. I must handle this in my own way. Uh, don't let him bring me back. Help me. Get
18: out of your oh. Come in with me. on. Oh, Lamont, oh, that was horrible. Yes, and it was also very revealing.
17: What do you
18: mean? The voice of that man, Harper, is the same one that used to belong to Arthur Whittington.
17: Come on. What does all this mean? I don't know yet, Margo.
18: Some way, somehow, that poor creature that rushed in here has been given Whittington's voice.
17: Listen. The animals again. Yes.
18: They're part of this thing, too, in this mix-up a voices. Oh,
17: Lamont, I wish we could leave here right now. We
18: can't go now, Margot. Not until we learn what's behind all this. on. Oh, what's happening up there? i the beaten. Come on, Margot.
1: We're
18: yes. going to that room. What are you going to do? I want to talk to that boy. Quietly, Margot. We must get down the hall without Whittington hearing us. Oh,
17: what is he doing to him? Quiet.
18: The room is right down here. Are you going in here? Not yet. Not until Whittington leaves. I want to talk to the boy alone.
17: Well, perhaps I'd better wait living room. Well. If Whittington wants to know where you are, I can tell him that you've gone out to the car for something. Very
18: well, Lamont. please, Lamont,
17: please don't be long. I won't.
18: The answer to this mystery will be found very quickly by the shadow. No! That will teach you
1: not
19: to go running around this house. Now you stay here and be quiet, understand? (laughs) Either you obey me in the future. Good night, my dear cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Harper.
1: Oh, what is that?
18: I've come here to help you, Mr. Harper.
1: Uh, Hearing
19: hearing. things. Are you hearing things again? No, you're not. Uh, Who speaks to me? I am called... The shadow. Where? Uh, I didn't see no one.
18: I'm standing right here beside you, but you can't see me because I've used my hypnotic power to cloud your vision.
19: Uh, I don't understand. Listen, listen to
18: me, Harper. I'm
19: here to help you get out.
18: But first, I must learn something from you.
19: Yes. Well, you don't have to.
18: Yes, yes. But tell me, why are you here? Why has your cousin kept you locked in this room?
19: was jealous of me. He always has me.
18: How did he get you into this house?
19: I came to visit. Just like a couple I saw in the dining room tonight. But I never got out. They never will either. Why do you say that? He will use them just as he used me. For his devilish work.
18: Why was your cousin jealous of you?
19: My voice. Yes? What about your voice? I used to have the voice that Arthur has now. I knew it. I knew it. What did he do? How did he accomplish this kind of transference? Came to my house one night. At had dinner. Dinner. I felt lousy. I'd been dropped. Yes? Then what happened? Well, when I came to, I was... I was in his laboratory. He has a laboratory here in the house? Yes. Yeah. I was strapped to a table. I fought to get loose, but it wasn't any use. Only clamped and eaves are cold on my face. I passed out. And when you came to? When I came to, for oh, it must have been days later... I had his voice, the horrible voice of his, and he had mine. And you've been kept prisoner here ever since? Yes, yes, always in the cell, in the same cell. Even the dogs get out, those savage dogs that he gave the voices of the little kittens. Oh, I see.
18: That accounts for the dogs. Well, I promise you this, Mr. Harper. You shall be free to leave this cell of yours after tonight. <laughs>
17: Is that you, Lamont? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Mr. Fring. Where is Lamont? When he went out to the car for something. He should be right back.
19: I see. Well, perhaps you'd like me to show you your room while we're waiting. Oh, no, thanks. That's all right. I'll wait for him. I'd rather you come with me now, if you will. I have several chores to perform, and I'd just like you to know where your room is.
10: Very well.
19: Just down this hall, Miss Lane.
17: Thank
19: you. I think you'll be very interested in what I have to show you. This will be your room. will not you step inside.
17: All uh-huh. right. Is there a light that I can... What are you doing? I'm
19: just making sure that no one needs disturb
17: us, Miss Lane. How did you lock that door?
19: You'll see. Now, we'll put on this lamp, This is my laboratory, Miss Lane. My workshop where I conduct my experiment. Let me
17: out of here and unlock that door at once.
19: Well. I'm sorry, but you're staying here. You
17: don't get more up there to help Lamont, will hear me?
19: <laughs> Why don't you call? come on! Before you continue, Miss Lane, you might be interested to learn that these walls are completely soundful.
17: What are you doing? Why have you got me
19: here? You're going to help them, Miss Lane.
17: Help you?
19: Yes. they are going to be a party to an experiment of mine. My greatest experiment. What do you mean? You'll learn soon enough. First, I'm afraid I must trap you to this table. No! Don't get away from me! Nothing for the canopy has killed me. You'll see me again. on! Come door. Come on! Come Come with me now. Oh, on this table. No, you can't do this. There you are. Oh, you
1: don't,
19: don't Let me go. Now, a few traps to hold you securely. Don't oh. let me lose. There you are. Oh, you Now. Now you can struggle or scream as much as you wish. I'd particularly recommend the scream. It may be your last chance to use it.
17: What do you mean?
19: This experiment of mine has to do with your voice, Miss Lane.
17: That's my work, you know. The transference of voices. What do you saying?
19: You've already heard two of my examples. The dogs with the voices of little kittens. And my cousin Frank Harper.
17: It's true. my Lamont, is true. Oh,
19: so he guessed my secret, eh? Well, he'll never live to tell it. Oh, no. You won't survive, though. But you won't be able to tell it I'm not a dive slave.
17: What are you going to do, Tom?
19: I'll show you. The answer to your question is in this box. Let me open it. There we are. The cat. Where's the cat? Have you ever seen a more beautiful cat? She's your person. Aren't you, girl? What has
17: that cat
19: got to do with me? Great deal. And giving her your vocal cords.
17: No. No, you don't know what you're doing, you're mad.
16: Never... Not at all.
19: I merely have a great hatred in this lane for the entire human race. They ruined me. Their hearts of cold. They blighted my entire life. But animals. Ah. We are different. Answer, my little cousin. Oh, no. You can't mean what you say. But I do. Lady knows that, don't you, girl? She knows that after tonight, we'll be able to converse. Be able to tell one another all the things that we've kept going. No, can't, you can And you, Miss Lane, as betwixt your sex, you will have the vocal cords of a cat. No.
1: No. Now I think
19: we can proceed with these. No,
1: give away. Give away. There will
19: be no pain. Miss Etha will take care
1: of that. Are you ready? No, please. No, she isn't
19: ready, Mr. Whittington. Who is that? Who spoke?
18: I spoke to you. Who are you? I am called the Shadow. Don't try to find me. I have made myself quite invisible to your eyes.
19: What are you doing here? Why are you interrupting my work? I've come to put an end to your work. I'm here to free that young woman. Oh, no, no, you won't. I'm not frightened by someone I can't even see. Put down that either. I'm going ahead with my work. No, oh, no. You may not be able to see me, Mr. Whittington, but I think you'll feel this. Why, you? Now I'm releasing this girl.
18: And then I'm holding you until I can get the police out here. They'll be very interested in your experiment. Do <laughs> you think you can keep me here,
19: do you? The lady put in two months. Now, Mr. Shadow, I am invisible too. And I'm getting out here right now. Keep stopping. Keep breaking those chains and Come running. Right here,
17: Willy, <laughs> Come Go and
19: get
18: this Shadow on. He's not
17: getting away. Jerry is crossing the lawn. She's
18: evidently trying to get to our car. Look, Willy. There are two figures <laughs> running <laughs> after Willy.
17: It's the dog, the giant
19: dog. I'm taking him, Willy. What a terrible fist! What a terrible
17: Well, now that we see that Mister is in good hands, I don't mind saying I'm certainly glad to be leaving that place, Lamont. You do know such interesting people. Well, you can't say they're go. No. <laughs> Did you tell the police about the dogs? Yes.
18: They've destroyed them. And Whittington's body is being removed to town. Mm-hmm.
17: You know something about What? Whenever I see an alley cat from now on, I'll think to myself, Well, sure, but for the grace of the shadow, go I. <laughs>